food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. There has been a ton of chatter in our space about chat GPT and AI tools in general lately. So I think this episode will really give you some peace of mind about chat GPT overall. It'll also give you some ideas about how to use it for good in your business. So tune in. This is Marley Bronlick. She is a blogger at Baked Abundance and she's also an SEO expert and she has extensive knowledge in AI tools. So I think you'll get a lot out of this. This is episode number 396, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey there, we are putting together an AMA episode. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Coming up here on the eBlog Talk podcast, and we would love your help with this project. Submit questions that you would like for me to answer in episode number 400 that will be published on April 10th. Ask me anything about myself, productivity, planning, food blogging, any of those topics that I talk a lot about. I will do my very best to get an answer for you. Send me an email at megan at eatblogtalk.com with AMA as the subject line and ask away. Marley Bronlick has been a food blogger for a little over one year now. She started working full-time for an SEO agency one month later. During this time, she grew her Instagram audience to 13,000 followers and started working with brands to earn a side income while the blog matured and she continued to pour into the blog. Marley has learned how to successfully land brand deals and form long-term partnerships. She also grew an understanding of SEO and applied these learnings. She is now leveraging AI to grow her business and streamline writing so that she can save time and create more content. Marley, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Megan. How are you? I'm good too. Thanks for asking. Such a pleasure to have you here and I can't wait to talk about AI. I think this is a very hot topic for a lot of us right now. So it'll be good to dive into it and hear your thoughts on it. I know you have rounded out a lot of thoughts about it. So first though, we would love to hear what fun fact you have to share with us. Awesome. Well, thank you. My fun fact is that I was actually a really picky eater growing up, but since then I've learned how to cook and try new recipes from a lot of different food blogs, which has helped me learn to love new food. So there's lots of things I eat now that I would never have voluntarily had before, like beans, artichokes, and like lots of other things. But I really enjoyed trying new things. So it's full circle. Food blogs got you liking new foods, and now you're a food blogger. Exactly. I know. It's so fun. I've been missing out on so many good foods. Oh, it is. I grew up, my mom was like really good about just showing me a lot of different foods. Like you mentioned artichokes. We used to have movie nights, snacks, and she would actually include foods like artichokes on the snack tray. <laughs> so I grew up eating those kind of weird foods that people don't really know much about. So I feel like I'm the exception. My boys are like, oh my gosh, I'll never touch that green, whatever that is. But I love, I love that. Okay, so you are here to talk about AI and how to leverage these AI tools that are coming out with higher frequency, it seems, as a food blogger. So let's first of all talk about your background because I know you have a background in SEO. So tell us about that. 
Awesome. So I actually started working in SEO in 2021. I changed jobs and now I work for an SEO agency. So this actually was really helpful for blogging as well because I had just started a food blog in 2021 and I had no idea what I was doing. So really learning about SEO and keyword research early on was really big help with food blogging as well. And in my job, I mainly help clients with their on-page SEO and strategy to grow their traffic and a little bit of technical SEO as well. But it's just been a really fun experience in such an interesting industry. And I've really enjoyed just being in the SEO world. I can see how that would give you a massive advantage just coming into the food blogging or just blogging in general space because a lot of us learn on the fly and don't even know what SEO is getting into food blogging, and then we have to learn it. So that's really cool that you came to the food blogging space with that background. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so AI tools are getting more and more popular and getting really smart. So I would just love to get your overall general opinion of these tools. Awesome. Yeah, so mainly today I want to talk about ChatGPT. But overall, AI is a really popular topic right now, and it can help businesses and bloggers create more unique content that can rank on Google. So that's kind of mainly our focus for today. I'll provide a little bit of an overview of AI and different AI tools. But yeah, I think AI is really awesome. I've used it personally, so I'll get into some of the ways that I've liked to use AI tools for food blogging. Of course, you need to kind of take some things with a grain of salt, and we'll kind of get into some things to avoid and things to look out for when using AI. But overall, I think it's really, really interesting and can be really helpful. Would you mind covering the helpful content update? I know that's been kind of a recent thing, right? Wasn't it last fall that that came Mm -hmm. out? Okay. So can you just kind of give us an overview of that? Yeah, definitely. So the helpful content update, I believe, went out around August in 2022, And really, that was Google's update to focus on people-first content. So you really want to avoid creating content for search engines first. So this would be like keyword stuffing and over-optimizing your content. And people-first content is really going to fulfill a need and help a user answer a question and just offer a lot of value to the end user. So you want to make sure that your website visitors feel satisfied when leaving your site. Do you think that considering this in the helpful content update that AI content is detected by Google? That's a big question. A lot of people are wondering if Google can detect AI content. Is it penalized or will it rank? So there's lots of different thoughts on this, but my opinion is that yes, it definitely can rank. It's a little bit difficult to tell which sites are using AI since most are not going to come out and say that on their website. But I definitely know some large sites and tech-savvy sites are using it and seeing success with it. And it's also important to remember that the helpful content update is not aimed at all AI content. I can include a resource from Google that describes exactly what they consider to be spammy AI content. So that's just one really important thing to remember and that any low-quality page is going to provide little value to the end user. So as long as you're not creating low-value pages whether they're programmatic or human generated, that's kind of what we want to focus on. Is this a shameful thing? Like if you do use AI tools, is it something that people just aren't talking about, like pushing under the rug? Mm, I wouldn't say that it's shameful. I think that when you're using AI tools, you need to be a little bit careful with how you're using them. And as long as you have a human review the content before publishing, 
I think that's important. So then that way you're making sure the content is accurate. It aligns with your audience. It adds value. So I think that's kind of where the problem comes in when people are not reviewing before publishing. And do you think that Google even cares? Like you mentioned that you, yes, you can get things to rank if it's quality, but is Google going to police this? Is it even a concern, do you think? I wouldn't be too worried about it, especially because since like ChatGPT and AI tools are so popular right now, everyone's going to be using them and AI content's everywhere already. So for Google to actually go through and like find all of that and try to, I guess, police it, I don't, I don't see that happening. So I wouldn't worry about it. As long as you're using it in the right way, I don't think there's really any concerns. Okay. Let's talk about ChatGPT because I know this AI tool is like massively smart and people are blown away by the um, results that it produces. So for anyone who doesn't know what it is, can you go through that? So ChatGPT uses GPT-3, which is a language processing AI model developed by OpenAI. And ChatGPT was launched in November 2022. So that's kind of a little bit of the background. And you can basically just give the chatbot a prompt and it will return a result for you. And the quality and accuracy of that result is going to depend on your specific request. And I was blown away by the fact that you can also type in like, I want whatever, like fill in the blank written with this tone. And you can give it really specific details about what you want. And it does it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite use cases of using ChatGPT, especially as a food blogger. I definitely struggle with like brand voice and asking it to rewrite old content with like a witty tone or a humorous voice just adds like so much personality into the content. So that can be a really fun way to use it. Yeah. And it's free right now. Do you know if it's going to become a paid service or tool? I'm not sure. I imagine it will at least continue to have some free capabilities. So if you are already using it and you're worried about that, I think there definitely will continue to be a free version. But I think there's other options as well if you can, I don't know, connect their API or something. Yeah. What ways do you think food bloggers should be using ChatGPT right now? So I have about 10 different uses for food bloggers that can kind of help you create content faster and easier. And so I'll just run through a couple of these and outline which ones are my personal favorites. So the first way is for FAQ answers. So for questions like how to freeze a layer cake or what can I substitute for butter in cupcakes, something like that. Typically, these answers are fairly short, so I think this would be a really great way to use ChatGPT. Okay, so FAQ, answer question Q&A, that's a huge one. What are some other uses? So another one would be for informational or non-recipe posts, like how to cut an onion or how to store produce so it lasts longer. I know you've mentioned you are focusing on creating more non-recipe posts mm-hmm. lately. So since these are more informational and you don't need to have a lot of like personal instruction for how to make a certain recipe that you have maybe special techniques for, um, this could be a really great way to use something like ChatGPT. And when you produce results for something like that, how extensively do you recommend combing through it? Because I know like some of the information that comes up is just like not accurate. So you need to like really pay attention to that. But do you rewrite everything or do you just like change a few words or how do you do that? It definitely depends on your query. So if you're just typing in how to cut an onion, the result you're going to get is probably going to be pretty short. So sometimes there's some tricks you can do to get longer content. You can ask for a specific word count. 
uh, maybe specifying that you need an article or a blog post on something. So that can definitely impact the length of the content that you'll get back from an AI tool. But I would definitely go through and and read it probably word for word is best. You definitely want to make sure all of the the information coming back is accurate. And sometimes it can provide incorrect information. Right. So that's it, something you want to check. It definitely does. I was just, I've been experimenting with it a little bit lately. And I put something in the other day about how to make chicken or some sort of meat more moist. And something that it popped up, it was like just totally wrong. I'm like, what? So you do have to read it because you don't want to deliver that accidentally to your reader. That would be that would be bad. What other uses do you have for G- chat GPT? So this is another one of my favorites that I was actually really surprised at how well it was coming out. But for writing recipe card instructions, I don't know why, but I really dread writing these. I feel like it's just because since I know how to make it, it seems so simple and straightforward in my head and to have to type out like, grab a mixing bowl, add these three things, whisk. Like that's just so boring for me. So actually having ChatGPT write recipe card instructions, it's been pretty accurate so far in all of my tests. And you just insert all of your ingredients and ask it to write instructions for that recipe. And even like things like the bake temperature, I was like, that's the one that I recommend. Like Whoa, that's I did, weird. I know it was pretty crazy, but definitely go through those as well and make sure that the temperature and just the method is is correct. I haven't thought to do that, but I'm going to test that now. Just maybe even taking a few of my existing recipes to see what it comes up with. If it's similar, I'm curious. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. Another good idea would be if you are stuck with any recipe ideas or recipe development and you've maybe exhausted some keyword research, I actually saw someone on TikTok ask ChatGPT to give them a unique cookie recipe and then they made and followed that recipe and they wanted to see if it would actually turn out good or not. So that's kind of a fun one that you could experiment with. Did it work, the one you're talking about? I think they liked them. I don't know if it would work every time, but it does seem like a fun way to get even like lists of recipe ideas if you wanted to go that route. And another good one would be like foods that pair well together or sides to serve with a certain dish if you're trying to create a lot of supporting content around maybe a dinner post and you need a lot of sides you could come up with maybe a long list of of options. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Do you know where this information is pulled from? They use a couple different places, mainly G- GPT-3, um, which is like their own language processing model, but I think it also pulls from a couple other places. Okay. So not existing blogs. No. Yeah. 
That's what I thought. Okay, what are some other uses for us? A couple other ones. We already mentioned my favorite one, which was using the voice and tones. You can ask it to rewrite old copy with a new brand voice and add some more personality in there. You also can just rewrite old content in general to give it a little bit of a refresh. And then let's see. Oh, I like this one too. For social media captions, actually, if you're kind of stuck on like an Instagram caption, you could easily ask it to give you some like fun puns or different ideas for maybe like a key lime pie post or something that you're posting to Instagram. Oh, I like that. Okay. I might try that too. And just another thought, do you see this helping copywriters or hurting copywriters, this tool? I don't see it hurting them because there's a lot of limitations and just the quality of the content and the length and just understanding someone's entire business model, a human copywriter and freelancer is going to have such a better handle over that than something like ChatGPT. Yeah. The last two, I believe, would be for meta descriptions, small blurbs, or any other like short descriptions, just so then that way you don't have to really worry about like reviewing lots of content back from the AI tool. You can just quickly see if like a couple sentences um, are accurate and you could use those. And then maybe for like a paragraph or two within your recipe blog post. So if you want to answer any generic questions about like baking best practices or grilling or just general like food tips, that could be another good instance. Okay. These are all great ideas. Is there anything more? What about emails? Email copy? Oh yeah, I did have that one too. For your email newsletter, that would be great. Whether you want to have a blurb about like why someone should make your banana bread or just, you know, any any type of email copy that's kind of maybe like filler. I feel like if you're writing personal content, you'll write that yourself. And then if you need like a little bit of filler content, that could maybe save you some time. Okay. So these are all great. I think that this gives us plenty of ideas to start with and just experiment with it, right, Marley? Don't you think? Just go in and see, like maybe put in a topic for an email coming up and just see what what it comes up with and then go from there. If it doesn't feel right, don't use it. If you can tweak it, great, right? Don't you think? Definitely. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a game. Like you put in different queries and see what you get and then tweak it a little bit and then see what you get. So it can be pretty fun to to play around with. And if in case anybody doesn't know, it's chat.openai.com, it looks like. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then what things should we avoid when we're using these generators? There's definitely a couple things you'll want to avoid if you're using any AI content generator. The very first one is not using a plagiarism checker before using the content. So far, each time I've tried this, it does come back saying that that content is 100% unique. So I haven't encountered an instance where it, it does say that it's like plagiarized, but you always want to be safer, like yeah. be safe rather than sorry. So. And which plagiarism checker do you use? Are there a few of them? There's a bunch of free ones on Google. I just Google it and use whatever comes up. I haven't been using a very specific one, but there's plenty that are free. Okay. What else should we be avoiding? You want to make sure that you're editing the content and looking for any misspellings or grammar issues. And one just other free tool that I really recommend for any food bloggers who aren't using this already would be the Google Chrome plugin. This I use all the time while I'm working on my computer and it just automatically underlines things that you can quickly just with one click update if it's like a quick grammar fix. So I would definitely get that and that can help you when editing your AI content. Hmm, I don't think I have that. I'll check that out. Okay, anything else that we should be avoiding? 
not fact-checking. Of course, as you mentioned, sometimes AI tools can pull old, outdated, or incorrect facts. So you want to ensure your content is accurate. So always fact-check. Okay. And that, I mean, you can do that just by reading through, like you said earlier, just word for word, making sure you're not just copying and pasting paragraphs without looking through them. Okay. What else? And then the last one would be not adding a personal touch to the content. You always want to make sure that the content adds value and answers common questions and speaks to your audience. So if you're mainly using AI to write a post, always go back in and add unique sentences or your own personality and advice into the copy. So then that way it just kind of differs from generic AI answers. Okay. That all makes sense. I think that's all pretty intuitive and stuff that I hope people are doing anyway, but good to just kind of go through that again. So thank you for that. And now what do you think about the future? Where is this going to go? What are your thoughts? So of course, it's really popular right now. I don't see it going away. I definitely see it continuing to be improved and and grow. However, it's really important to note that it's never going to replace human content writers and freelancers. There's always going to be so much value that copywriters can add that AI tools just will not be able to provide. It also still has a really quite a ways to go and like lots of improvements to be made in terms of like the factual content and understanding your query. But I think overall, it's a helpful tool to have in your toolbox. Do you foresee any time in the future, and I know this would just be opinion because none of us have any idea what's going to happen, but (laughs) do you foresee it replacing some of our blog content? I don't think so. Recently, Google has announced their own like version of ChatGPT, which is called Bard. And it's interesting because it looks like some of those results are going to be directly in the search results toward the top. So I can give you the link to that announcement from Google as well. And just in their screenshots, it looked like they were trying to answer kind of like a featured snippet right at the very top. So that's kind of interesting if you're already ranking for a featured snippet like if Google's version is going to be kind of the very, very first result. And I think, too, this will be an evolution, like whatever they come, because Bard isn't coming out for a while, right? I don't believe so. I have to look again. (laughs) I feel like they had to like scurry to get things going because of ChatGPT. But once it comes out, I think we just have to kind of roll with the punches in that first version might not be what it, it eventually evolves into. So just to kind of be patient with it, right? Like when featured snippets came out, I remember food bloggers being thrown off because it was at first there were not links, correct? So we were like, wait, what? And then that changed. Am I saying all of this right, Marley? I believe so. Okay. So yeah, just to like not freak out when Bard does come out. And if it's not exactly what we think it should look like, it may evolve and to just... Yeah, just take it as it comes, right? Exactly. And overall, with any AI tool, I think it's important just to remember that you don't want to solely rely on AI tools. And one interesting point from Google is that the kind of relates back to like why a human editor and writer is going to be so important is that one point that they have for spammy AI content is text translated by an automated tool without human review or curation before publishing. So they're exactly spelling that out, that it's not all AI content, it's spammy AI content, especially whenever a human has not reviewed any of it. So that's just something, like a good takeaway point from all of this. The human touch will be noted, I think, and Google is so smart, and our users are so, so smart too, So I think that if we just copy and paste 
the whatever is generated for us that will be detected. So that's kind of the moral of the story here. But there are good uses for it, and there are ways that it can help to streamline our businesses. You went through 10 awesome ways to do that. So where do you think someone should get started? Like if they have not opened this at all, and they're literally doing it right now as we talk, what, what do you think would be like a good first step into using AI content? I would say just start with a very simple query just so you can kind of understand the results you're going to get from that. So just asking it a very simple question, like how to do something, and then just kind of tweak that a little bit and ask, say like, you know, how to do something and get the answer with this kind of brand voice and tone. And then just start like playing around with your query to see how that result changes because you can ask it, you know, the same thing, 10 different ways, and you're going to get 10 different types of responses. So that's how I would start using it just to kind of get a feel for it. And then maybe start going into some of those reasons I listed earlier, like updating old copy or maybe the recipe card instructions. The one I'm going to try after we chat is updating old copy. Maybe just taking like a really old post and changing the tone and adding more helpful information to the post and just see what happens. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's a really great one, especially because Google also does consider a little bit of like a freshness score. Mm. So going back and updating old content, especially if it could have changed in the last couple of years, can really help. So kind of keeping things fresh and relevant. Yeah, that's great. Anything else we're forgetting that you feel like food bloggers should definitely know about chat GPT or other AI tools? One thing which I'd say is like a pretty big downfall of AI tools, specifically ChatGBT, since it is in such high demand right now, there are times where I've tried to use it that it's not available. So sometimes you're unable to access the tool for hours due to high demand and it's like at capacity. So that's something to remember. If you really need it and you're like in a time crunch, Mm. you might not always have access to it. So work at like 2 a.m. or something so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe some off times. I yeah. feel like that Monday morning, it's always usually oh. down because too many people are already using it. Oh, interesting. Do you know what the limit is? Is there like a person capacity or something? Oh my gosh, I'm sure it's huge, yeah. but I have no idea. Interesting. Okay, anything else we should touch on before we go, Marley? I think we covered everything. Okay, awesome. Thank you for this. I know that a lot of food bloggers lately have been asking me like, oh my gosh, is this something I should worry about? Should we be freaking out? And it's just good to kind of cover all of this so that we are informed and again, just like rolling with the punches because nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. But I just want to say like, it's going to be okay. We're super smart. It's a bunch of people. We figure everything out that comes our way. And not to see this as a threat necessarily, but a way to improve our businesses, right? And make our work more streamlined. That's kind of my thought. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marley, so much for your time today. We appreciate you. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? I do. And it's kind of related to my fun fact. And then also, just like how you mentioned, we have to roll with the punches. So my words of inspiration is start with willingness, be willing to learn, adapt, and grow. Times are always changing and being flexible and open-minded will help your business both survive and thrive. Oh, you just spoke my language. (laughs) I love it so much. Awesome. We'll put together show notes for you, Marley. And if you want to go peek at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash baked abundance. Tell everyone where they can find you. 
So you can find me on Instagram over at Baked Abundance. I'm also recently on TikTok and I'm actually food with Marley over there. But I love to connect with so many of you guys, other bloggers and content creators, and I'm happy to answer any questions or offer advice where I can, whether it's related to AI, SEO, or anything else. And if you're interested in learning more about AI tools or SEO tips, definitely sign up for my email list. I'll share a link with Megan in the show notes, or you could DM me on Instagram. I'm going to put together a little AI series, and then you'll be able to see examples from ChatGPT and further resources, pros and cons, and like actual examples of results I've gotten as well. I will definitely be signing up for that. That sounds amazing. Thank you for offering that and for joining us today, Marley. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.